ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the BoxCast. My name is Ben Boxall, I'm your host on the show, and today joining me is Isaac Gerard. I'm actually recording this intro from the lovely city of Vancouver, because I'm traveling right now, so this episode was recorded uh, about a month ago, I would say, uh, maybe a month and a half. I actually messed up when I was recording it, I, I recorded 10 minutes of the BoxCast, uh, and then it turned out it wasn't recording properly it wasn't getting any levels so i had to restart so if you're wondering why uh we keep asking if we've covered this already it's because we weren't sure if we talked about it in the first take or the second take anyways moving on i am going to try to be back on schedule as much as possible while i'm traveling uh but i am traveling so no guarantees about that so without further ado my name is ben boxall the theme song is quick rest by ultra mega and this is isaac gerardin <laughs> I ain't the only one who want a quick rest And I know it, but yet I can't slow up my step And man, just by knowing it, I'm further distressed I can't stop for a breath when I'm hot and you're wet So I hear the boss man I try to sign my ailments, but he sways and coughs And says if I could play this That's much better it actually is uh, recording now. I'm so glad I stole this pen. Well, welcome to the box cast, Isaac Jordan. This is the second time that we have uh, recorded this first ten minutes. That's good. You can improve your questions. Let's yes. try this again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. So, uh, how how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm getting a little bit of deja vu. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm getting a little better every time at setting up this uh, podcasting setup. Uh, one day. Let's hit record first next time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, what what are you up to these days? What's going on? Uh, a lot. I just bought a house. That's kind of a big deal. I'm redoing a whole bunch of my marketing material for my business um, and uh, kind of lasering down, kind of focusing down on uh, what's been working and kind of ignoring uh, what hasn't been working over the last few years. Um or at least what's been working better when the stuff doesn't doesn't work as well because kind of everything works. Uh, but uh, yeah, kind of focusing on that, moving into a house. Those two things are pretty big by themselves. <laughs> no, that's crazy. So you're, this is a house. Where's your house? My house is in the north end. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. No, it's no. They don't the say houses... that. That tone of voice. That's nice. That's <laughs> no, no. Very polite I, the you. houses, the houses in themselves, <laughs> uh, are typically pretty nice. Some of them are pretty run down. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. Typically, a lot of the houses there are very old, which I like old houses. Yeah, no, it's definitely an older neighborhood. No, my place is—it's uh, not run down, but it's one of those places where uh, uh, every decade there's been a little bit of an update, and uh, you can tell because there's a different carpet in every room. Okay, yeah. okay, which it's—it's it's good. At least people were putting down carpet. At least that is it—all yeah. wall-to-wall carpeting. Uh, I don't think so. No, the kitchen has linoleum, uh, so that's go. good. Yeah, I hate kitchens with carpeting. I don't know why anyone would do that. Uh, under the stove, under the stove carpeting—that's wonderful. <laughs> okay, it just absorbs the smells of the scents. What inspired you to buy a house? What inspired me to buy a house? Yeah. Uh, land. Uh, they don't make it anymore. So uh, get some more you can. <laughs> uh, basically, it's uh, for me. It's a financial security thing. Okay. Uh, my my job is uh, always a little bit up and down. It's been up 
up, up for the last few years, uh, which is what's allowed me to get some savings, to get myself out of debt and things like that. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, the longer you're paying rent, um, like every dollar goes to nothing. A house, even if you don't sell it and make money, uh, at the end of the day, you can sell it and zero yourself out. You can live for free for as long as you were there. So anybody who's paying 500 bucks a month rent, uh, you look at that and that's $6,000 a year. Three years, that's $18,000. You can do a lot with $18,000 in three years. It's true. So, and that that's cheap rent, and that's a very short amount of time renting. So I've been renting for about eight years. Okay. In different places, so, yeah. Because you, you moved to Winnipeg, and you were renting there for here for a while. Yeah. Um, where were you before Winnipeg? Before Winnipeg, I was living in Brandon for the last five years. Okay. Yeah, been living in Winnipeg for about two years now. Okay, and then before Brandon? Before Brandon, I was living in Montreal, and I was living there for about two years. Okay. Yeah. So, you grew up in Churchill. Yeah, originally, yeah, born and raised. What is it like to grow up in Churchill and then come to uh, somewhere like Brandon uh, for, I guess, uh, later in your teenager years, for high school, you said, uh, last time? What is it? Is there a scale <laughs> funny. difference? funny. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to. I think I'm being cold red right now. But yes, I did. I did go there in uh, in high school. What what was it like? Um, I don't know. Churchill was an interesting space. I was lucky because my folks. It's it's okay. It's really easy to not see too much beyond Churchill if you've lived there your entire life. Um, I think that's the thing with a lot of small towns. Um, Churchill's a little bit more so because we are ultra-isolated. The only way you can get up there is a plane, is a regular thing. It's quite expensive, beyond most people's means. And a train, which is uh, better, but uh, it's still a long ways away. And uh, yeah, there's no real road. So we don't get that through traffic. Uh, people always talk about small towns, living in a small town, everything else. To me, a small town is like, uh, literally, if you don't have people passing through at all times of year. Um, and, um, it's a tiny town. Yeah. Our town was like 900 people. And again, no road access and really far away from any major city. Thompson would have been our closest city. And that was half a day away on the train. Um, I was kind of lucky in that my folks had a bed and breakfast. We worked uh, pretty deeply in the tourism industry. So I was exposed really early on to a lot of, um, foreign guests, uh, other worldviews, uh, visitors. So kind of had a, a good sense of the outside world in town. And, uh, so moving to Brandon was, um, a little bit of a culture shock. But not too bad. I mean, Brandon's also a pretty small place, so... Much bigger than Churchill, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, by about uh, 500 times. Montreal is a fair bit bigger than Brandon, too, so you just kept yeah. going to bigger and bigger cities. Yeah, yeah, that was sort of the trajectory. Well, I've had... Uh, I have family in Montreal and okay. uh, half French, so uh, I wanted to see what that place was about and um, made sense to hang out there. Didn't see any, any reason why not. Fair. Okay, so... Uh, you are a performer. Yeah. What do you perform? A little bit of everything. Um, every A little bit of everything in circus arts. I do uh, juggling, unicycling, stilt walking, uh, fire breathing, eating, spinning. Uh, pretty good at that stuff. Um, uh, Diablo, uh, balancing acts. I've done some clowning as well. Uh, I'm trying to get into acrobatics, but it's slow going, and I'm probably not practicing the way I should. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I've done like MC type jobs as well, so uh, kind of a jack of all trades in that in that field. Okay, what first got you interested in the circus arts? Mm. Um, I didn't really get interested in the circus arts. I got interested in devil sticks, and uh, I played with devil sticks when I was a kid, and. Um, they were fun. I really enjoyed them. I was about seven years old, and I got my first set. Played with it for a couple of weeks up in Churchill, where I was the only kid with a set, uh, which did not make me cool at all, because <laughs> I wasn't cool beforehand. Uh, played with them for a couple of weeks, took them, cut them open to get the magnets I thought were inside, and ruined my first set. I picked them up again when I was uh, 18, and in Istanbul, there was um, a guy I was uh, staying with, uh, there were six of us in this little hostel room, really small room, like uh, you could push the uh, beds apart with your shoulders. It was that sort of a tight space. Um, and there were six of us here. And uh, uh, one of the guys there, Chris, a Danish guy, had a set of these devil sticks, and I decided, hey, I want to give those a shot again. I haven't played with those since I was uh, seven years old. And uh, yeah, just got hooked onto them, uh, played with them nonstop for like three days. Um, really loved it, and um, when I moved back, to, or well, when I moved back, when I traveled back to Canada, um, landed in Montreal, first thing I did um, was go out and buy a set of devil sticks, and then I went back to Churchill to pay off my debts and work and uh, pay for the trip I just had, so yeah. Okay, between... Montreal and Brandon and Churchill and Istanbul. What made you come to Winnipeg? Oh, uh, it was just the time to come here. I had, uh, after um, after Montreal, I went to Churchill. After Churchill, I went back to Montreal, lived there for a couple of years. After Montreal, I moved back to Brandon, um, started making, selling devil sticks, moving slowly into performance. And then about uh, two years ago, a little bit more, uh, I just came to the point where I was getting enough jobs that it was performing and workshopping had basically become my full-time thing, but it was still a struggle, uh, and I knew that it was time to get to Winnipeg and uh, move to Winnipeg, and it's been good. It's been really good. Are you still selling devil sticks and other circus I, stuff? I don't make stuff. Um, I got tired of, of sitting down and making things. Like it's It's a very long, tedious thing. I was successful at it. I made over 5,000 and sold over 5,000. I know because I kept every valve cap, every valve stem, and uh, I used recycled inner tubes, so I was able to extrapolate out about 5,000. And um, this, is why we, this is why we don't use fountain pens anymore in the real world. I would just like to... Oh, yeah, but you look so cool with ink everywhere right now. Like, you, you look great with ink. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Uh, yeah, I moved back to, um, what the hell was I talking about before you started spreading <laughs> uh, ink everywhere? You kept every valve cap. I've kept every valve cap and, uh, yeah, 5,000 devil sticks. I was good at it. I was making them. Um, I was successful at it. It was basically one of those things where I was getting good enough at it that, uh, the choice was either start making them, producing them and marketing them professionally, which would mean, um, sending the work elsewhere, China or, or you know, finding a, uh, somebody may, having training people to make them uh, locally or whatever, and then delving into the marketing of them full-time is either that, and that's basically a salesman or a crafter for full-time hours the rest of my life. Don't worry about performance. You don't have time to do it. Or it was get into performance where 
that's really something you can do as a young person and then down the road you can retire and become a crafter or throw your name behind a product or be inventive or whatever else but um yeah i came kind of came to that fork in the road and decided you know what it's, i've had my time i've done plenty for devil sticks Five thousand is a lot i've made so many of those damn things it's not even funny and i'm more than happy to have done that amount for my art uh and i think that's all i could do at that point might come up again but uh right now anything i sell it's other people who have made it other juggling companies that make the stuff i try to make sure i have good stuff but uh i'm not uh i'm not as committed to it anymore selling stuff anyway okay because i i met you at fringe how many years ago is that almost probably almost eight years ago mm. does that sound about right seven or six i'd say six or seven years ago yeah, i've only been in i've only been back in manitoba for about seven years okay like, yeah i would have been 11 so i was probably probably pretty annoying yeah <laughs> so much has changed well i'll take that in the positive way of optimism and uh no no don't do that oh. you're you're misinterpreting me <laughs> oh no no I'm i'm perfectly interpreting you i'm just choosing to ignore it Mm. Um, okay, so when did you first decide? Because you, you've been into Devil Sticks since you were 18. When did you decide you wanted to make them? Uh, making it was just something like I've always been pretty inventive and, and uh, stuff like that and reasonably creative. I haven't had a lot of outlets for it, so I guess that was my first outlet for uh, figuring that out. I decided uh, when I moved to Brandon, mine were wearing down. I wanted a new set. Didn't seem like rocket science to figure it out, so I researched uh, the old di different individual parts, the wood, the best types of wood to use for shock absorbency, weight, um, that sort of thing, um, the rubbers to use, uh, what sort of softness, durability uh, materials they could be made out of. Um, did a little bit of research on weight and um, the costs and just figured out, you know what, we'll make it out of inner tubes and silicone rubber and... Uh, doweling and make 10 sets sell eight give myself two that's a good deal if I can pay for my two by selling eight um, and I did that really quickly really easily and then decided you know what let's keep on going so making and selling 10 became making and selling 50 became making and selling 100 became making and selling 500 probably by the uh, by uh, six months in do you have a count for the amount that you've actually made? Uh, that 5,000 number is the best count I have. I've never actually counted each one out. Um, I know that it's real close to that because what I did is counted every single valve cap I own. Each valve cap represents about uh, one and a half sets. And then I multiplied out that one and a half sets over all the valve caps I had. And that amounted to about 5,000. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Plus there was a bunch I did not keep track of. <laughs> Okay. So when you were in Montreal, you picked up Manhunt and brought it back to Winnipeg. Yeah. What, what was your what was your uh inspiration on that and why haven't you been back? Um I haven't okay, first the inspiration on that there's no real inspiration, it's not my idea, it's just it was a fun game to play in an urban atmosphere. Um so that's what I did. Uh and I wanted to play it again, so I organize that um but i mean people play that even now i've i, was, I met some kids the other day who were playing it just uh, themselves they never heard of manhunt in winnipeg so it's not nothing that new uh i haven't been back because um timing i'm always busy on weekends 
And uh, also, I want to make some new maps. We need a new map or two. Yeah, it's true. Like a totally fresh map. I want to do something near the legislative grounds. Uh, I think Omen Park. I think that that's basically the thing. People need to create their basic maps and just run them. And it'd be good to like have them on the Manhunter website. Do we have a website? No. You should get on a website, Ben. Okay. Ben, uh, make website. <laughs> Manhunt website. Manhunt yeah. website. <laughs> I'll no, make Ezra do I'm it. I'm Facebook page. It'd be good to good to like throw um, maps that we know are successful on the Facebook page. Uh, but uh, I've been thinking about having a Bruce Park one. Fall is kind of slower for me, so I'll, I'll see about making a map. And it's still a nice time. So, uh, What's your involvement with the Canadian Central Circus Arts Club? Central Canadian Circus Arts Club. Um, well, it was uh, myself, uh, my buddy Asa, uh, my friend Natasha. Um, I guess it was basically us trio who started it uh, three and a half years or, or so ago. And um, I'm the only one still in it, uh, or at least in it regularly. Uh, but... Um, yeah, uh, the inspiration behind that was just, I remember coming to Winnipeg, uh, driving from Brandon on a day to go to the juggling club, because I thought, oh man, I want to go to the Winnipeg juggling club, let's see what that's about, and um, I grabbed uh, Salty, invited him out to do that, and we both showed up, and I think it was another 15 or 20 minutes until uh, Robin Chestnut showed up. And that was it. That was all of us. The juggling club was one guy who was surprised to see two new people there. Robin was surprised, and me and Salty were there. That was pretty much the whole shebang. Okay, so then it made sense to want to have something like that, that um, I guess with the space and everything? Yeah, yeah. Well, the community existed out there. Uh, I knew from uh, traveling around doing trade shows and stuff like that and uh, teaching and trying to sell devil sticks or poi or hula hoops or whatever I was trying to sell at the time. I knew those people were out there. I kept on running into them. I knew there was a fire and props manipulation community. I was practicing with some of them. I, I knew these people were there, um, but we just needed to get them together and like actually have a space. Uh, so that it wasn't strictly a summertime thing, so that was that was the whole idea. Let's just give ourselves a space. Where has that come to now from when it started? Um, it's come a long way. Uh, first year we were doing every second week practices for about four hours. Uh, no, not even four hours, three hours. Um, second year we were able to move into uh, every week practices for those same three hours. Uh, third year we moved into every week practices. And we added an hour. Um, not super popular, so we're removing that right now. Uh, we've run three uh, showcases, two of which were complete sellouts. And one of them, uh, our very first one, was about half a house full, which still isn't bad. Um, but uh, those have been a huge, um, a huge uh, moneymaker for the club. And basically every year, like we ride on that showcase, being able to support us and fund us for the next year. And uh, I think last count we had... Over 300 people, individuals, different individuals come through our doors. And uh, not a pile stay, but, uh, you know, the 60 or 70 full members that we have every year who pay for full memberships are great. And, I mean, that's 60 or 70 that when I went to the Winnipeg Juggling Club, there were um, one. <laughs> so, feeling pretty good about that. 
does does the juggling club guy come to the circus club now? Robin comes out whenever he can, whenever he can. But um, um, yeah, he lives up north, so I mean, it's a pain in the butt for him to be coming down. And I can't expect him to be coming out all the time for that. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, y- you would know what it's like to live uh, very far away from. Yeah, a lot of things. Well, this is not far away. He lives about half an hour away, but still, he's. Yeah, the guy lives his life and everything else. It's exactly. The, yeah. What's um? I need to learn how to write so I can read my notes because uh, I can't. But um, okay. but they're very nicely written. Ah, thank like, you. Is that a fountain pen is stunning. It's uh, red ink too. That's great. It's called Rome is Burning by Noodlers Inc. Just for anybody who is. It looks like you murdered somebody over your portfolio pad. Yeah. 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 Or had a like a nosebleed. <laughs> okay. So, uh, what else are you working on? Like, what? Uh, like now, where are you trying to be? Where are you at? Like, uh, right now, I'm just sort of trying to focus in on uh, what I do for shows, uh, my family show, my fire show, and my workshops. Uh, my goal with those is to kind of uh, have to refine them. Um, I kind of know what they are, but I want to further refine them. Uh, make them a solid offering um, so that, uh, you know, it, it turns into something where I'm, I'm being booked regularly and everything else with that. And then once I have that, uh, it will free up my time to pursue other artistic endeavors. So um, learning to play an instrument, which would be great. I have no musical background at all. Or right now I'm spending a lot of time knife throwing. So I'd love to get into that uh, more so and turn that into a bit of a showpiece at one point or being able to turn get some acrobatics in there into a show or just for myself. Um, basically, yeah, figure out what I'm doing, have that, have that machine sort of operating on its own so I can free up my time to do other more creative things that I would enjoy more. Are you completely just doing uh, performing in workshops now? Yeah, that's all I do is I'm full-time performer and uh, instructor, uh, more so instruction during the uh, wintertime with schools and stuff, more so performing, of course, during the summertime. That's, that's the dream for anyone who wants to be a performer, right? It's just a... Oh, I think the dream is to just work during the summer. If they can nail that, that's the, that's the sweet spot, but uh, that would be, that's, that an would be entirely other, that's an entirely other uh, business model. <laughs> that would be That would be nice. Well, that's some people do do it, and that's considered a uh, work in the first world, live in the third sort of a, a business model, oh, okay. where you might work busking or performing, doing street shows um, in Europe or in North America on a festival type circuit, and then um, you live extremely cheaply in Thailand or Vietnam or or wherever on a beach, and uh, yeah, it can work for a lot of people. Some people really enjoy that lifestyle, and they they've been living it for a long time, and. Yeah, that doesn't actually sound too bad. No, it doesn't. It's definitely a transient lifestyle. You're not uh, hard to have a family doing it like that. It's hard to hard to lay down roots. Uh, but um, yeah, you can uh, definitely collect stories and collect uh, good experiences that way too. I totally agree. I definitely not my ideal lifestyle. I don't know if it's mine either, but uh, well, you just we'll figure it out. I mean, it could happen, right? It could happen. Oh yeah, even with a house, it can still happen. For sure. Okay, so um, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what we have and haven't covered in this, as opposed to the last. We haven't talked about uh, why I bought a house. Right. Okay. I think you asked me about so that. Why did you buy a house? 
Um, land. They don't make it anymore. <laughs> um, a lot of people rent, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you have finally figured out kind of the place you're going to be at for a little while, it doesn't have to be a long while. If you think you're going to be there for three, four, five years or whatever, buying a house is almost uh, the best way to go. If you have the down payment down and um, you know the, the, the credit to make it look good on a mortgage, uh, just because, I mean, rent every month, you throw your money away um, and uh, you don't get to see anything with it. The house, you're throwing into a mortgage. At the end of your five years or one year or two or three or whatever, maybe you sell the house, but you usually get even that money back so you might not make any money but you won't lose any money either and um, you have a couple of renters with you and you don't even have to pay the your rent anymore so you're paying instead of 500 bucks a month which is real cheap rent out here you'd be doing two or three hundred dollars a month and have a house at the end and have a house at the end wow so which can be a whole pile better so yeah okay so uh are you, when are you when are you move in have you moved in i haven't moved in yet i'm moving in at the uh, end of november okay hopefully when i get some spare time november is really busy <laughs> for me so i've got a really tight schedule to try to get into my house okay yeah and um yeah so coming to winnipeg i mean obviously like it enough to live here what differentiates it from places like brandon and montreal um i don't know uh, I mean, Montreal's got a very compressed feel to it. Um, it's extremely vibrant, extremely energetic. Um, uh, you have a lot of beautiful parks in the city, uh, but there's like a lot of people. There's a lot of things going on. Um, Brandon definitely has a much slower feel uh, just across the board. I would say Winnipeg's kind of um, somewhere in between those two spots. It might be just a function of its population, but... Winnipeg is also a city that's uh, ridiculously spread out for what it is, uh, but it wasn't always a city. It was multiple cities, so that's probably why it feels like that, too. Okay, we have a lot of listener questions. Yeah. Listeners, you'll be glad to know that for each question I don't like, I'm going to shoot Ben with this gun once I figure out how the safety is off. <laughs> Oops, I dropped the clip. <laughs> That's, uh... So Ben left a clear plastic, it looks like a Mac-10, uh, 6 millimeter BB gun. I'm not going to look at the barrel, that's a bad idea. In his, uh, within range of me. Oh, great, I figured out how it works. Don't worry, guys, we're just going to shoot Ben in the arm for each question I don't like. So, uh, bring him on. Okay. Uh, why? Because, you know what, I think this is going to be funny. No, the How question, do I load the gun? The question was just why. That, that's it. Oh, damn it. Why? Um, Here, just, you, have to, why? you have to fire it like this. No, I'm not handing it to you. You're going to take it away from me. I'll give it back. I'll give it back. But there is a very specific way you have to fire this. You have to shoot. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, maybe not You have to here. shoot it upside down? Maybe not in. Okay. Okay. Oh, cool. I'm going to shoot Ben underneath the table so we don't get ricochets. <laughs> okay. Uh, why? <laughs> why? Evie asks why. Evie asks why. Um... <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Just why? 
That is that the same question nope. again? Nope. Just why? <laughs> I I don't want to answer that question. I don't know just why. Uh, because Neil deGrasse Tyson caused the Big Bang. Next. Mm-hmm. Ezra Lazar asks, was my <laughs> was the migration of your spikes from your cheeks to your chin painful? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I am trying to downsize in life, so I mean that one, that made sense. Uh, Charles Lauder asks, "Do you feel your whole life just went downhill when you shaved your trademark zigzag beard?" What zigzag? What was he seeing? One guy calls it spikes, the other guy calls it a zigzag. No, life has been going better since I shaved that. Why did you shave it? I shaved it to go uh, traveling as a clown in Dubai. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. I will shave hair for money. Just saying. Just putting it out there. Anyone wants to hire me, I will shave for money. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Gabriel Arnott. Is that how you pronounce it? Arnott? I don't know. Is that even his real name? No. Uh, Doesn't know, matter. It's Gab- not his real Gab- name. Gabriel asks. Uh, before. No, that's not a question. He was just going to ask about the beard, too. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with people? I am more than just a beard. Could you just make the entire episode an interview about your beard? Was that actually a question? or Yes. Is that... that was wow, actually... Wow, can we make the whole... And then Evie says... Evie answered it. She says, yes, you can. Yes, you can. No, we can't. It's really not that good. Um... Okay. Can we filter the? Can we I'm, filter I'm, I'm actively. How far I are don't... you scrolling down to get, avoid a beard question? Um. Ow. Ah. Oh, cool. Okay, I'm just making sure it works. The, uh, uh, Gabriel wants to know about uh, you're moving from primarily doing devil sticks to to it being a lot of juggling and unicycling. Hey, uh, I'm out of ammo. What the hell? Try flipping it up first and. I'm deeply disappointed in this weapon. Yeah, me too. I can't use it in any real airsoft fights because it doesn't work. Oh, you probably have to... Here. Do this. It does make a very intimidating sound. Oh, you have to shift it up? Oh, I see. You know you know how we should run this one? I get to u- Okay, cool. I get to use a gun once on you... But I have to trade it to you. So if you don't like the answer, you shoot me back. <laughs> Only under the table, though. I need to keep my eyeballs. All right. As do I. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, he was asking about moving from primarily devil sticks to a lot more juggling and unicycling. Oh, uh, what was the transition there? It's just uh, it's just what actually rounds out a show. Uh, very few people can make a whole show out of exactly one thing. Uh, and I am not creative enough to do that. So uh, rounding out, um, giving, putting more of an offering uh, to a potential client uh, and keeping things interesting for my audience is a big part of that. And, um, you know, changing up the skill sets is kind of, is effective. Um, it's not the most original way to do it, but uh, it works. And while I'm still an amateur in the performance world, I consider myself, um, I know too many people really good pros uh, that I wouldn't put myself in their world yet but um, yeah that's that's why I moved from devil sticks into everything else 
so when you were in the Middle East performing, this is Les Patterson asking. Oh, uh, cool. He says you could also ask about his trip to the Middle East to perform uh, and the competition out in Quebec that he participated in. <laughs> that's not really a question. That's just a, just a suggestion. That's a dumb thing, Les. I'm gonna shoot Ben for that. Ow, ow. Oh, it looks like it really hurt, it looks like it really hurt Ben people. He is really upset about that. Ah, that was the I top of to my shoot. knee. Oh, I got him right in the knee. That's really a sweet spot. I hand Ben the gun back. Okay, remember, below the table. Oh, come on, Ben. Okay, okay. Don't be a spoil sport. If I don't answer appropriately, you can shoot me right back. Now, I am going to do one little thing here before we do this. I'm going to put I'm gonna put this notepad between my legs. Okay. Because okay. I feel as though this is how I will make sure I don't get uh, shot uh, inappropriately. Okay. Uh, um. So I'm really nervous about this now, man. You, you, maybe you're just a wuss. I hope you're just a wuss and you're complaining a lot. Okay. So where are we at? Uh, the. Uh, oh, uh, Les does ask, uh, why did you not jar his beard and eBay it? <laughs> I'm glad I haven't the gun in my hands right now. Yeah, I really wish. I, you know, what? I had a friend who recommended against it, and I'm really regretting taking her advice. So yeah, but that's you did sell it. No, I didn't sell it. That was my problem. Okay. She said no. I think that's a gross idea, and I agreed, and then I got rid of it. But yeah. Well, Don't worry, Les. I have. I know what you're getting for Christmas now. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you it's from my beard. Okay. Um, uh, Hannah Gaiman asks, uh, how do you care for your beard? Hannah doesn't even know my beard. She's met her like six months ago. She's never seen me with it. Hannah, you're faking it. You're a phony. You've never seen me with a beard. Next question. She also asks, who are your facial hair role models? Oh, I don't actually have role models for facial hair. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. I, I will tell you what inspired me to shave it off, though, and he did it way better than me. There is a Mexican uh, wrestling group called um, uh, Border Patrol, and one of their main uh, heels, bad guys, has my beard. I can't remember his name. It's the Border Patrol Wrestling. They're like a uh, semi-professional wrestling group. Look it up. I think they're on Netflix, too. Okay, in the show notes. Um, okay, would you... Right, Ezra asks, would you prefer to get Rickrolled or introduced to John Cena? I don't know what that is, and I don't know who that is. Let's keep going. Which one? Both. Ow, f***. Okay, give me the gun. <laughs> Aiming right for your kneecap. That's that's the rickroll. It's never gonna give you up. And then oh, this this doesn't work as well. I don't know how that wor- I don't I don't know what that means though. Like what somebody starts saying I'm never gonna give you up, or they start dancing with me. Basically, um, when people um, link to something on the internet, sometimes it's just this video, and when it's supposed to be something else. 
Oh, I see. That's Rick Rolling. Hey, you know what was funnier than that? And it only happened for a very short time when computers were slow, but MSN had active emoticons. What? You could uh, copy and paste a whole bunch of the same blinky face emoticon that would actually blink when you looked at it into a notepad and then uh, spam your buddy with it and all the blinking faces would crash his processor. That is hilarious. And a computer, yeah. Uh, okay. Good little spam wars like that. Good old MSN. Uh, what are your plans for world domination? That's uh, Charles again. What are my plans for world domination? Um, I don't know, I'm going to start small. Like uh, like really small with midgets, actually. Uh, sorry, <laughs> little people. Little people. Start with little people because uh, everyone thinks they're adorable, uh, but they have a lot of built-up rage. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And, you know, they just want to be on top of the world. So uh, I'm going to get them on side. And uh, when I roll up in my van, most people would expect only, like, six, seven people coming out. We'll have 30 of them. And uh, that's how uh, I'll become mayor of Winnipeg to begin with. Brian Bowman better watch out. Yeah. Because I have midgets in a van. Sorry, little people <laughs> in a van. Oh, we're going to get angry letters. <laughs> Well, it's better Honestly, than... if we get an angry letter from because of that, like send it directly to me. I want to know which little person is actually <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, um, you guys are making this really hard for me because I don't know which ones I want to ask. Let's uh, let's go with the next one. What what's the next one? The very next one. If Billy Jean had a kid, how would you know it wasn't yours? <laughs> <laughs> Um, who asked that? Ezra. Ezra, if Billie Jean had a kid, how would you know it wasn't yours? Uh, I don't know Billie Jean. The Michael Jackson song? Yeah, I know that, but I just I don't listen to Michael Jackson either. Yeah, okay, I used to. cool. Okay. Um, Good relevance there, Ezra. Question fail. Gabriel asks, uh, spiders or millipedes? Oh, millipedes. Millipedes, why? Yeah. Uh, they're crunchier, they have more flavor and texture. Oh, eating. It's not? I thought you just meant, like... Oh, okay. Next question. Oh, okay. Let's just leave it at that, yeah. Uh, how... <laughs> Fuck. How often do you get mistaken for a brand of chocolate? How often am I mistaken for a bl brand of chocolate? Yeah. Uh... What? <laughs> I don't know. Who, um, who asked this question? Ezra. Ezra, is, is Ezra high? Where are these coming from? Ezra. Yeah, I know that. I just, um... Okay, uh... How often am I mistaken for a brand of chocolate? I don't know, Ezra. I will melt in your mouth, though. Next question. <laughs> okay, um... Uh, Doritos or Ariba? Ariba. I never see those around anymore. Doritos yeah. seems to have won that war. <laughs> It's true. It did. Evie asks, "We know you could just throw away your. We know you could." It's a beard-related question. We know you could not just throw away your beard and painted <laughs> the cripplings in hopes a beard. Oh, uh, did Evie have a stroke while <laughs> typing this question? You can, you can, you can try to make sense of that. We know you could not just throw away your beard and. Planted the clippings in oh, oak. Okay. A beer tree will sprout, but where is it planted? It seems like she failed editing that question. 
the beard tree is planted. Um, tune in next time for the answer. Okay. Uh, Nick Coase asks, which STDs would you rather have over another four years of the Conservatives? <laughs> uh, do I have to keep the STDs for four years, or no, they're, they're they're good for life? They're good for life because there's a handful that you can get rid of, and then you just get again. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go with uh, Argentinian jumping chlamydia. Next question. Because it because it, it okay. Gotcha. Uh, Charles asks, um, will your will you and your beard ever be able to work together again? He had an addendum to that question. That's not the whole question. Is it true the beard is starring in an off-Broadway production of Hair? <laughs> I might grow the beard back just because everyone's asking about it. I think it would throw people for a real loop. I should just disappear for a month and have it again. Just don't shave for several several months. and About a month. About a month? Yeah, about a month. Three weeks. Be three weeks would do it. Okay. Okay. And w would you keep the spikes back in? Oh yeah, I just I grow it back for exactly that. Yeah, exactly. May, may make it a Christmas card for everybody. <laughs> well, that would be that would be great. Okay, that's it for listener questions. Um, I really hope I don't get shot again. Um, oh no, nope. I'm gonna do that again. Oh, that was my knee again. Oh damn, those really hurt. Is that what I was doing to you? Yes, I'm that, sorry. To my knee. <laughs> yeah. How oh, that fucking thing hurts a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not just a wuss. It really hurts. Well, I shot it directly into my hand from about six inches away. You shot it directly into my knee from about six inches away. <laughs> That's great. All right, there's no, there's no visible, uh, there's no visible welts, so that's nice. Should be an ongoing segment. <sighs> okay. Ow. Actually, maybe I'll, maybe I'll keep doing that. Oh, um, man, that really. Just let people uh, shoot me in the leg. Every time I ask a listener question that they don't like, yeah, yeah, that's a good and way to go. I can shoot them in the leg every, every time, time they answer in a way you don't enjoy. Yeah, okay, that that'll be painful on recurring segments of the box cast. Um, count your bullets. I I may count your questions in advance and count those bullets in advance. That's my advice. I may put it on uh, on the semi-auto feature. It's a good idea. You don't want that on fully automatic. I could have taken that elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, what else? Um, what else is on your horizons? Hey, well, I'm going to Flin Flon on the 24th and um, Yorkton on the 31st. So, anyone who's looking for a rideshare to go to Flin Flon, give me a heads up. I could use the gas money. Uh, same with Yorkton. If there's anywhere between Winnipeg and Yorkton you want to be, I'll give you a ride there. When will you be in Yorkton? 31st of October. I might be in Saskatchewan. Oh, you should go to Yorkton. I'm doing a fire show. Okay. I tape my, tape my fire show. I don't know if I'll have a camera. You should bring a camera. I feel like there's, there's still a couple things we covered in the first draft of this um, that, that we were missing out on. I don't remember the first draft anymore. My hand really hurts. I shouldn't have shot myself. Probably not. Probably not. Oh, right, of course. Uh, transitioning into Mr. Circus. Oh, um, yeah, it's just sort of the theme of the show that I've kind of come across over this past uh, couple of years. So I'm just throwing a corny name onto it. Uh, but it's a memorable name. 
I'm not uh, I'm not courting Cirque du Soleil to hire me. So, <laughs> I mean, would would you take a Cirque du Soleil job? If yeah, had of you? course. God, why why wouldn't I? Anybody who says they wouldn't is a fool, or hasn't been offered that job. But uh, yeah, no, I would take that in an instant. Uh, I'm not going to be working for them anytime soon. Maybe when you, uh, <laughs> if not through my choice. Uh, you do have those acrobatic skills, though. Oh yeah, can those, see. those sweet. Uh, it's that sweet dive roll. I dive roll like uh, like uh, Assassin's Creed Assassin. I don't know. Do they dive roll in that game? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't play it. It's more like when you land, you do a roll sometimes. Oh, I could do that. Or I can shatter my ankle. Both good options. I'm good at both. I've done both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Manhunt website's going up. Yes, as soon as you get on that. As soon as I get on. I'll make Saskatchewan. I'll make, uh, I'll make Ezra. Oh, good. Yeah, give that to Ezra. Um, it's punishment for those weird questions. Okay, I'll uh, I'll send him a text after the show. Okay. Uh, there's also um, yeah, I need to I need to really work on this cursive because you can't print with a fountain pen, and apparently I can't write cursive. Have you considered not using a fountain pen? Yes. You should consider it again. <laughs> and while <laughs> and while you're doing it get rid of the fountain pen you should make a list of pros and cons with a fountain pen and whichever piece of paper has less ink on it is the one the type of pen you should use uh, i mean probably probably so uh one day you're gonna poke yourself in the fucking eye with that pen i think it's so damn sharp <laughs> give myself a tattoo with this not at all a nice one no but i could not really i don't think i actually could so, would you say that you've ran away and joined the circus? I ran away and became a circus. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so, unicycling. How did you get into that? <laughs> We're taking this one. This is a weird format. Uh, unicycling was it was, it was it was a series of why nots. Okay. Uh, my uh, my buddies Ty Worthington and Miles Magnuson and Brandon were into unicycling. And I learned through them. And, um, yeah, just why not? Are you, do you, are you part of the Winnipeg Unicycle Club? Uh, I gave the suggestion for the Facebook page. Okay. So, yeah. So you... I'm not the founder or anything. I just said, hey, why don't you guys do this? So that everyone knows where to meet. Okay. And get together. So. Uh, yeah, okay. So what am I, am I missing anything? I feel like I'm. Damn, I really wish that that first 10 minutes of me fucking yeah. up. Because uh, that first 10 minutes was so good, too. Um, but I think we I think we captured most of that first 10 minutes um, in this. Is there anything that you would like to add? Uh, don't be a wage slave, kids. That's, that's actually it's a very good thing to add. Um, also, stay kids, kids. I mean, growing up is kind of overrated. You can grow up. You just got to keep that playful mindset if you can. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming and recording. Where can we find you on the internet? Mm, hopefully in a week. Uh, MrCircus.ca Okay. Well, by the time this airs, uh, it should be out. Yes, if I get it together. Oh, is that another question? Maybe. Let's find out. 
yeah, so Mr. Circus dot C A. Yep. Uh Twitter, Instagram. Um Instagram photo Ike. Uh F O T O I K E. Instagram, I don't remember. Uh, I think it's still... No, wait, sorry. Instagram was that. Uh, Twitter, I don't remember. And, um, I don't know, Facebook, my name. So Awesome. Nothing fancy there. Thanks again for recording. No problem. Thank you for having me, then. And his name is John C. <laughs>Isaac, thank you so much for coming in and recording the BoxCast with me today. You can find all of Isaac's social media and his websites in the description of uh, the show on BoxCastPodcast.com. And, of course, uh, you can find my information there as well if you want to keep up with me. Stay tuned for another episode of the BoxCast on Friday with Tristan Foy. I meet up with him in Edmonton, and we talked about uh, his upcoming show and him being... uh, a member of the Winnipeg Improv community. So this was Isaac Girardin, my name is Ben Boxall, and this is the BoxCast. Let me check my calendar before I forget Where these four seasons went while I smoked a cigarette Set me up with challenges, let's force an effect If I don't come correct, you could put me in check Can I play the black